welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. Matt, what, what episode is this for us? Number 12? I think so. I think it's 12 or 13, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to check, but um, double digits, we made it. Yeah, and uh, we're doing another kind of recap of the last round and then preview of the upcoming round. Um, but today we have a very special guest on with us. Um, you might have heard us talk about him a few times on the pod. Uh, and he actually might be the number one enemy of the pod. I don't know, because um, he's a Habs lover. But today we brought on my good friend, Ricky Walker. Uh, we went to school together. So, Ricky, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on. I'll, I'll take that stance as the number one enemy of the pod, because there is way too much Habs slander. And I appreciate you guys having the common man on. I mean, you look at uh, the alumni of this pod. Who am I seeing? Corey Connors. Am I seeing um, Owen Tippett? Am I seeing Stanley Cup champion Mitchell Stevens? It's it's good company to be amongst. Yeah, well, I don't know how many NHL games do you have played? The do I have played? Yeah, um, zero. I think last I checked, zero, <laughs> and like not even close to one. Yeah, I've never even been on the bubble of one. No. Well, we're still excited to have you on. We know you're a big hockey fan, big Habs fan, um, and you're very opinionated. So it should be a fun episode. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's do it. So we thought we'd just start with some uh, kind of current topics, if you will, from the last round. Some big stuff that happened. Um, and the biggest one to me that stands out, and I want to get a Habs fan's take on it, and that's the Mark Shifley suspension. So he got four games for a good hit, I'd say, beside the net. But uh, some some people say it should have been one or two games, but uh, the NHL gave him four. So what are your thoughts on that, Ricky, to start us off? you got to think. You look at Jake Evans, right? Like He's a young guy, and he is coming around the net in a very bad spot. Like He wants the goal so that they know they win the game. So I'll acknowledge that he is not really protecting himself at all in that situation. Um, but Shifley, if you watch the whole game, he was getting a bad mood. Like he had zero points. He was not a happy guy. And I think like even before the fact, like he thought he never even thought that he could get him with his stick. He's like, I am going to light this kid up if he comes around the net. So is it a clean hit? I mean, he did get him in the shoulder, travel a long ways, but is it that bad of a hit? I don't know. He had his head down. So is it four games? Not in my opinion. I maybe would have gave him one or two because the Habs would have murdered him next game if they didn't. But uh, four, four was a lot. Four was a lot. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, well, it's brutal that he has to sit out the home opener now next year because of obviously the Habs swept them. But I don't know. I'm with you there. I think it was one, maybe two games max. Like, I don't think Evans lifted his head in the, um, you know, wraparound at all. And yeah, Shifu was coming in hot, but... I don't know. I don't think he charged. He stopped skating uh, once he hit the blue line. He did hit him a little high, and obviously the hit and the injury was pretty catastrophic. But four games seemed like enough, or seemed like a lot. I think if they gave him two games, that's enough to you know kind of send the message like it was a dirty hit, but he could have returned in the series, and who knows? It maybe would have changed the landscape of things a bit. What are your thoughts, Jay? Yeah, I think the the worst part about it for me was that, you know, it was clearly out of frustration that he hit Evans, I think. Like, I think he knew the puck was going in already, and he could have probably avoided Evans. Um, but, like, really, it, it's just a hard hockey play. And I don't think Shifley, like, you know, he's never been a guy that has had problems with the league or suspension. So I think four games right off the bat for that was super tough. I was thinking, same as you guys, you know, one or two games at most. Um, and you got to double up too, right? Because like a playoff game, they say is worth double that of a season. So if that was in the season, were they going to give him eight games for that hit? Probably not. Right. And that's what like a lot of times in the playoffs, they're like, 
more lenient with players, right? Like they don't want the best players missing the games. They want the best players playing. And so it just surprised me with like Kadri suspension too, which is eight games. Like mm-hmm. the league's really coming down and to do it in playoffs is just strange to me. And then well, one more thing. So I looked after and like the penalty of charging is really vague. Eh? It just says distance traveled and speed and the violence of the hit or how violent the hit was. I would say it was a pretty violent hit. That's what I mean. But like in what, like a hit is an, a violent act. So I'm like, how can they, I don't know. It seems like really ambiguous to like how you define a charge. Cause he did, he was moving really fast because he skated hard up to the blue line. But like, how do you judge, you know, how violent the hit was just because he went off on a stretcher. I don't know. Yeah, and he hit he hit him right in the middle of the chest. Like it wasn't like he hit him high or anything. It was like solid in the chest. But you gotta feel bad for Evans. That guy you could tell right away he was He was playing well too. Oh yeah. Um yeah. It's his birthday too. Yeah, that sucks too. (laughs) To to me, one or two games and I mean we're still gonna sweep the series either way. It comes back game four, whatever. Um it wouldn't have made a difference. So one, two games, keep the Jets fans happy, keep the Hots fans happy, keep the peace. Let's talk about that series. So did you, in your mind, think it was going to be a sweep to start the series? No, not at all. I, I didn't think it'd be a sweep. I thought Montreal would beat them, but I thought maybe six games. I thought they'd take a couple. Because, I mean, e- even without Shifley, you look at the Jets. They have Kyle Connor. He's like a point-per-game player, 30-goal scorer. And this season, I think, probably usually a 40-goal scorer. Nick Ellers was a point-per-game player. Blake Wheeler was close. I was like, they have, like, guys who can score. So I, I was thinking Montreal in six. Yeah, I think, Matt, you said Montreal as well, right? Yeah, I took them in seven solely because, like, never bet against a hot goalie in the playoffs. We got burned by Carey Price as a Leafs fan for three straight games there. So I thought they'd squeak it out, but I don't know. It was weird. Once the Shifley suspension hit, it seemed like they didn't have any jump at all. And um, they looked like the Jets did. They looked like how they did at the end of the season, like kind of flat on a big losing streak coming into the playoffs surprised the Oilers out of nowhere but I don't know it's tough it's like do you think the North is just a weak division and we kind of waited till playoffs to figure that out or are the Habs actually an elite team and could maybe make a run in the semis here so here's something I think people are bitching that it's a weak division because Montreal won and they swept the Jets so let's say Edmonton beats the Jets in like a hard-fought series in six games and the Leafs beat the Habs in like five or six and then they play the Oilers. They have a really good series, like seven games. The Leafs win. Is anyone going to look at the Leafs and go, oh, the division was just really weak. They're not actually a good team. Pro, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I honestly think, going back to your question, Matt, I don't know if Montreal's an elite team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. I don't think they are. I think they have an elite goalie who's found like a nice hot streak right now through the playoffs because Price is like on a different level right now. I don't know. That's what we said last series, too. It's like we didn't think the Habs were good. I think most people were taking the Jets. Some were taking them to sweep the other way. So that's kind of the question. It's like they remind me a bit of Dallas last year. Like that wasn't a favorite to make the, you know, the Stanley Cup finals. And they just seemed to wait for to get everything to click at the right time. So I don't know. It'll be a tough series against Vegas, though. But um what do you think, Ricky? Do you think you guys have a chance coming up? or uh, Montreal Montreal in six, I oh, think. God. I mean, people forget that the Minnesota Wild just took Vegas to seven games. Minnesota Wild, like, they're, they're a good hockey team. They're really good defensively, right? But look at their D. They're not as big as Joel Edmondson, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, Ben Chirot. You have, like, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen. Um, who else is on that team? 
I don't know. I was looking at them today, and I was like, they don't have the big punishing defenseman, but they play well defensively, and Cam Talbot is not Carey Price. Yeah, that's the big difference. I, I think Talbot played well, but like defensively, they are very good. I think Suter's another guy they have there on the back end for Minnesota. Right. But not guys who are going to protect like their goalie as much as the guys who have been protecting Carey Price the whole time. Right. So I think, I mean, I think the forwards are like opportune goal scorers. Like they're going to get you a few every game. They have so many guys who are like 30 to 50 point guys. So it's like, they're all going to kind of be due for something every now and then. Um, I, I like, I really like the chances against Vegas. I think they're pretty good. Before we move on from, or from Montreal, um, just a shout out to former standing room only guest, Logan Stanley. I don't know if you guys, well, I'm sure you watched the last game there, but I think he had both the goals for Winnipeg. And one of them was like, you know, a snipe. It looked a bit like Ovi, like. Yeah. A little Eric Carlson S back there, huh? Just like two goals in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he'll be coming in hot into the, into the off season here. So. Yeah. And one, one more thing about Carey Price. Do you guys think like, I hate it when fans say without Carey Price, like Montreal didn't get anywhere. Like he's not. On, you know what I mean? Like, he's not on the team. Like, he's a separate guy who's taking him places. Mm-hmm. You might have said that before. And it's like Montreal drafted him fifth overall. Taking a goalie fifth overall, that's a big risk. Paying a goalie $10.5 million a season for eight years, huge risk. And then he plays like that. It's like, well, well, fuck, we deserve to have him. We did what we had to, we did what we had to do to get him and have this goalie that can win a series. Yeah, no, I, I think he's the best goalie of our era, like for sure, 100%, no doubt. Sometimes I just wonder if he gives a shit in the regular season anymore because, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't put together like a really strong regular season in like, what, three, four years? Yeah, he's a brutal fantasy guy, but when it comes to playoffs, just lights out. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, he never lets in any gimmies. He's, him and Vasilevsky are the same. It's like, you know, as a Leafs fan, Campbell's good 95% of the game, but he will let in a weak one from here or there. Same with Fleury for Vegas. Like, um, that game last night, he let in a couple weak ones. And uh, the thing with Price, he's so rock solid that, yeah, you, you can't really beat him without kind of a like a funky bounce or just a power play goal. It's tough to beat him without a screen or anything like that. So, yeah, he's, he's built for the playoffs. And as you said, Ricky, you know, a $10.5 million contract pays off when you can shut down the $48 million forwards of the Leafs. So. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Flurry there. So let's move over to that Colorado-Vegas series. Um, we're recording this on the Friday right after they finished their series. Obviously, Vegas won the series 4-2. Uh, Ricky, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts on that series, and, and who did you have going into it? I didn't watch the – I have I had Vegas Tampa as my final before the playoffs. Shadow could happen, but hopefully not anymore. Wait, no, not Montreal? No, well, like, come on. Um, I did, I did have Montreal being the Leafs in seven. So you got to give me that. I, ha- I had Vegas because I think Colorado still like, they're obviously like a really fast freewheeling team, but like defensively you saw, I, I only really watched the last two games and just like, then you can see like they break down a lot. Like they have smaller D too, like Gerard. I don't know this Graves guy very well, but I don't think he was having a very good game. Um, Makar is going to be like, he already is an elite defenseman. Like imagine getting nominated for the Norris and what his second year. So they have like pieces on offense, but I think from the back, they need to get a bit bigger kind of and, yeah. and more physical and more tight. Yeah. I feel like their D are very offensive minded, just like the rest of their team. So I think Vegas just did a good job of, you know, similar to Montreal, actually, I think they play a similar style um, where it's like, you know, let's play solid D and then take our chances and, and capitalize on them. And that's what Vegas did against Colorado. And 
Colorado won the first two games of that series, and then Vegas came back to win four straight. So, Matt, who did you have in that series? Uh, I think I had Colorado in seven. I knew it was going to be close. Like, I think we said last pod, Jay, that these could be the two best teams playing off in the second round. So we knew it was going to be a good series. And honestly, I thought Colorado played pretty well. They just ran into a really hot team. And, uh, you know, Vegas has been here for, what, the last three or four years now contending. So um, they've always been knocking on the door, and they just always seem to answer. Whenever Colorado would score, they'd, you know, come back down and score within a couple minutes and kind of kill the momentum. So, you know, kudos to them for winning four straight against the regular season champs. So Yeah. And uh, Flurry helped a lot there, right? Leonard was in the game, the first game, and then they put in Flurry for the rest. And he really did a good job of, you know, calming everything down back there. So looking forward to the, the series with Vegas and Montreal, that's a big storyline for me, right? You got Price versus Flurry, the two French guys going at it. They're both hot right now. I think, honestly, both are probably in contention for Con Smythe's at this point, if their teams were to, to do it. But. What are you guys thinking going Montreal versus Vegas? I think, Ricky, you already said that you feel pretty confident that Montreal is going to win. But how about you, Matt? Well, my question is, what the hell is this going to look like with fans? You know, like Vegas is, they're full. They're fully open down there. And, you know, that building is rocking every game. And then you watch the Habs games and there's like, what, 2,000 fans in there. So it's going to be weird, you know. Um, I think Montreal can play home games. I'm not sure on that, but... uh, they, they can, yeah. You're right. They're like 2,500 fans. It's brutal. That's it, eh? Yeah, I think it'll be a huge disadvantage for them, you know, having to play in front of 18,000 fans in Vegas and then coming back to, like, just a few thousand here. So, I don't know. That's kind of a storyline. It could be tough, but I think the Habs will continue to just, like, they'll want to win these greasy 2-1 games. Like, that's their type of style, in my opinion. Yeah, so what's your uh, what's your prediction? I think I'm going to get burned, but I, I'm going to take Vegas in five. I think the, the wheels fall off for the Habs here. Sorry, sorry, Ricky, but I think they fall off. I don't know. Carey Price has played great, but Vegas is uh, – they'll be tough to line match against because Vegas has four lines that can score. So I don't know how you kind of match that with really only rolling 4D for the Habs. But we, we roll – I mean, they, the other guys get their minutes, and the 4D, they're athletes. They, they can play 25 a night. And then, like, in terms of the, the rolling four lines, that's what Montreal lives on, too. They are kind of similar teams. Like, I like our fourth-line matchup against theirs. Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, Yoel Armia. It's a good line. They've got a lot of points. Um, but, yeah, I'll stick with Habs in six. I think Vegas will squeak out a couple, but I think going back to the Bell Center, they're going to they're not going to have their legs. There's going to be no energy in the building. Maybe, maybe. I'm going to throw Vegas in six. I think Price is going to steal a couple games for Montreal here and there, but I just think home ice for Vegas and, yeah, that building and that crowd is going to be tough for Montreal to go from playing in front of pretty much nobody to, to that atmosphere is going to be awakening for them. But, you know, guys like Stahl and Perry, like, they're playing really well, you know. They've been here before. They've done it. And uh, you can really tell that they're taking those young guys under their wing and kind of bringing them up, right? So it's fun to see those young guys, too, like Caulfield, really enjoying himself. Jay, I love how we apologize for all the Hab slander, you know, throughout the podcast. And then we just bury them with our predictions. <laughs> wow. Come on. What are you guys doing? Like the, the 98% that are picking. If you're not a Habs fan, really, you're picking Vegas. But, like, I'll, I'll take myself back for a sec. away. Oh, oh, not a Habs fan anymore. I'm still taking Montreal. I don't know. I don't know if you can say that honestly, though, because I think you're just such a big Habs fan that I can say it. I'm sure there's an expert out there who's crunched the numbers and he's going, you know what? These guys are they're gonna fucking win. It's over. 
They're going to call. I was watching Vegas last night and they were just cutting, slicing through Colorado's neutral zone. Not against Montreal's trap. No way. No way. We'll see it. Not a chance. He's going to have Cockney Emmy's long stick in his grill every time he tries to come through. Oh, Cockney Emmy bugs me, man. You also have, uh, sorry, the Pacioretty, former captain of the Habs storyline. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. What do you, what do you think in there? Do you think he's going to bring his A game against his former team or what? I think he will. I like Pacioretty. I think he's a good player. I like him on Montreal. Um, I think he'll be looking to burn his former team. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to the other um, side, I guess, or the other two series. So we'll start with the Islanders in Boston. So Islanders won 4-2. I'll start off this one. I actually had the Islanders, I believe, in six games. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that one. I think it was the only one I had right in this round, maybe. Oh, no, I think I had Tampa, too. But, um, yeah, what did you have, Ricky? What was your prediction before? Uh, I thought the Bruins would beat them. I, that's just what I, I never really picked an amount of games, but I just thought the Bruins were had more offense than who did they play in the first round, the Islanders, the Capitals, Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that the Bruins, I don't know, they're a bit deeper, a bit better defensively with a better goalie. So I thought, you know, Pittsburgh made it pretty close. Would they lose in six? And I thought, you know, playing the Bruins, they were going to just lose in six games. Yeah, and one of the big storylines against the Bruins was the New York Saints. I don't know if you guys saw that, but. Um... Everyone, I heard the crowd chanting at the one game, New York Saints. So uh, it's just funny how the boring game of New York Islanders, somehow they just keep winning. And I don't know if it's Barry Trotz. Like that guy just must be the best coach ever. But they keep upsetting these teams where they're clearly the underdogs. So Matt, who did you have in the series? I think I took Boston too. I think I took them like Boston and five. I, I don't know. As a hockey fan coming into the playoffs, I couldn't name more than three or four guys on the Islanders. They, they, to me, are always like the one-and-done type team. Like, they'll upset someone in the first round and then just get smacked in the second. So, this was a surprise. Yeah, I think Barry Trotz and then their goaltending's pretty solid, too. It seems to be a common theme in the NHL playoffs this year. Is solid goalies will kind of take you a, an extra series or two, as Ricky can allude to. There's a reason why the goalie is like one of the most important positions in all of sport or something like that. It's like, they can make or break a game for you for sure. So, uh, yeah, let's head over to the other series there, and that was Tampa-Carolina. Uh, Ricky, why don't you start us off? Uh, what, do you, what did you think in that series before it started? Um, I, I would have picked Tampa, maybe not in five games, maybe in six. I think Tampa is, like, let's say Vegas beats Montreal in a crazy world and goes to the finals against Tampa. I still think Tampa beats them in six. Like, I just think they're the best team in the league by, like, not a, like it's hockey, so there's parity, but, like, I just think they're easily the best team in the league. Like last year in the bubble, they never really had that much trouble getting to the cup finals. And then this year too, it looks like, you know, they're letting a few goals, but they can play high scoring games and then they can play in a tight, like low scoring defensive game too. They'll just match whatever you're doing. So um, I wasn't surprised to see them beat Carolina, even in five. Yeah, it's true. Like, I feel like every other team, you can kind of look at them and say, okay, you know, they have, this is good, this is good, but, you know, they have a weakness. With Tampa Bay, they don't really, right? They have really good forwards, like top, top talent, good depth, really good D in Hedman, uh, uh, McDonough, those guys. And then, obviously, Vasilevsky, arguably the best goalie in the league, maybe behind Price. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they really don't have a weakness. So I could see them going back-to-back for sure. Yeah, did you see Dougie Hamilton's comment he made the other day? Kind of, he seemed a little salty about uh, the whole Kucherov and the salary cap thing for them coming in, basically like eighteen million over the cap. Any thoughts on that, or do you think they just kind of like played within the rules and and uh, they're not breaking anything? 
I mean, they they are playing within the rules. I think that's up to the NHL to change that if if people are thinking it's really unfair. But yeah, Tampa really got those guys like Stammer and uh, Kucherov back at the right time. That's for sure. Yeah, like has another team ever been this far over the cap going into the playoffs? Like in this kind of situation? No, not not that I can remember or heard of. I don't think so. The only thing you just can't really complain because like if you said. Oh, McDavid's not going to play this whole year. Like another team's best player isn't going to play the whole year. You'd be worried like they're not going to be that good. But because Tampa's so good, they could afford to do that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody really. Like it, even if Montreal was playing Tampa this round, I would not be as confident at all. No, I don't think. I don't think this is my hot take. I don't think Tampa goes to Game Six in a series from here on out. Like I think they're so dominant this year. They're better than last year. They've had a relatively easy path so far to the playoffs. And I don't know how much fight the Islanders will put up. Maybe I'm wrong there, but um, yeah, they just look even better than last year and they kind of cruise their way through the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I wouldn't say they're better than last year because they lost Bogosian to the Leafs. So, you know, he was kind of their best defenseman. (laughs) Hey, Bogosian played well this year. I think we bring him back. We don't need to get in the stanchion, but... He's a good, solid defenseman. He might not be able to score or stick handle, but he can play D, that's for sure. So. Yeah, he's a complimentary guy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to also say Tampa is going to kind of walk through the Islanders. Maybe not walk through. Like, I think it'll be tough games, but I, I could see them winning in five for sure. Uh, Ricky, I don't know. Did you throw a prediction out for the series or no? Uh, I, I can see the Islanders winning two games. Like, I don't know. You, they still have a, a deep – they're kind of like Montreal too in a way where they have, like, Barzell, I guess, is their only real elite forward. And then they have, like, a bunch of solid players throughout the lineup who are, like, responsible defensively and can score occasionally. So I'll give it to them, Tampa, and six. But uh, I, don't, I don't really give them much of a chance in the series. Yeah, so that kind of covers all the series and everything. But I just want to throw this scenario out for you guys. What if – Montreal and the Islanders win, and that's the Stanley Cup Finals. What would your thoughts be on that series? Oh, people would be furious if that happened, man. It, people would not be happy, and it, like, and if the Islanders win, I think everyone loses their mind because they're like, now is this how teams are going to model their play after to win the cup? Like, the games are going to be brutal from here on out. So hockey probably loses if the Islanders win the cup. I jump on the I jump on the Habs bandwagon hard there. I don't even care as a Leafs fan. That would be so funny to watch. Um, I hope that they would like bring in some more fans if they made the finals. But uh, that would be so that would be amazing. Yeah, I think if that's the finals, Montreal versus Islanders, the ratings or the the TV like people watching is going to be the lowest of all time. Maybe <laughs> the ratings in Canada might be pretty good though. Yeah, but in the States, man, like, those are two teams that are not the most fun to watch. Like, yeah, they win games and stuff like that, but they don't play a very fun style of hockey. No, just good hockey. Jay, let me ask you this. If you had to pick, we know Ricky's answer to this already, but on paper, at least, these are two pretty lopsided series. If you had to pick, would you put money on the Islanders or the Habs uh, advancing to the finals? Oof. That's tough. I mean, I'd probably do it with the Habs right now just because, again, like we just talked about, Tampa looks so good. And, like, Vegas looks good to me too. I think I'm hoping for a Tampa-Vegas finals. I think that'd be a really good series. But I, I could still see Price. You know, he's super hot. Again, Ricky mentioned, like, the D on Montreal. They're big. They're strong. They're really good. Um, and they're playing a good game right now. They've won, they've won seven straight, right? So I think they would have more of a chance to upset Vegas than the Islanders would have Tampa. How about you, though? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think uh, 
I'm not a big Islanders fan. I don't think they'll uh, they'll have a chance against Tampa. They played last year. They took them to six actually last year in the playoffs. So you never know. Um, that Brock Nelson guy. I've never heard of him before this year. Really, he's awesome. Like he is a goal scorer on that team. That's a guy that the Leafs need to bring in. Someone like him. Mm-hmm. He's nice. Eh? He hits too, right? And plays no penalties or big kid too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the Islanders just have forwards that like kind of do everything, right? They like they're big. They can. They can score, they can cycle it and stuff like that. So I don't know. I could I don't really see them upsetting Tampa, but I, I'm starting to like the Islanders a bit more actually watching them. Did you hear that Barzell story? That uh so I guess in the twenty fifteen draft, Boston had picks thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. And they all all three of them they passed on Barzell. And uh it's funny that he kinda let the Bruins up going sixteenth overall to the Islanders, so who would they have picked that year? Would that have been like McAvoy? And... Yeah, I looked it up. They took DeBrusque and two guys I've never heard of that I don't think play. So rough, rough go for having three like bang, bang, bang picks. You never hear that. No, it was Zaboral and like Senishin or something like that. Yeah, they don't play. So nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Uh, some other kind of news in hockey. Uh, right now, we've seen it a lot as coaches getting fined for calling out refs after the game. So. And it's funny, I saw a thing today where it was the coach got fined 25K for what he said after the game. And then it goes back to like Tom Wilson's hit or his, uh, when he injured, who was it that he injured on? Uh, Panarin? Yeah, Panarin, yeah, yeah. Um, and he got like 5K fine for that. So they were saying it's it's five times as worse to call out the refs than it is to go like hurt one of the top players in the league. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. What are you guys' thoughts on all these coaches' fines? Uh, I don't think they give a shit like about the 25k, but like I've, I've heard like it's it's kind of stupid, right? Like I heard it on I think Chicklets today or something that like calling out the refs, you, you think you're gonna get a call, but it's probably just gonna piss them off and make them want to call even more against you. So like I think you just keep your mouth shut and just keep playing. Yeah, I don't know what good it does. It's like when that ref got busted earlier in the year for getting mic'd up for being, you know, coming over to the bench after calling the team's penalty and be like, we'll get you on the next one. So maybe it's kind of like the NBA where if you complain to the refs enough, they'll eventually give you a couple calls back your way. But uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting that it's happened a lot this year, but uh, I don't see what it does for your team. No, I just think I like the funny sound bites you get though, and like Tortorella or who was it? Was it Brendan Moore too who got fined this recently? Yeah, they go on their rants. It makes it for like more storylines in the series. Also, why are uh, do you guys know why the coaches have to wear masks? Still, you have like twenty thousand fans in the building, no masks on, and the coaches. It's so funny they got those things on, and then they just like reef them down to yell at the refs. But it must be like some protocol. I wouldn't say they're really wearing their masks. Yeah. Like half the game, it's down here for sure. So, um, smoke and mirrors, stupid. Yeah. Like you know, probably too. When they go in the locker room, you think they're giving their intermission speech with their mask over their nose? No, no, no God, chance, no. no chance. Just for the cameras. All right, let's go. Last thing here before we hop off, we want to keep this episode pretty short again. But um, yeah, let's just go for who right now um, is each of your kind of con Smythe winner. If uh, it were to end right now in that team one, let's say, let's go you first, Matt. I'd go, I think Braden points like stepped up his game a lot this year. He scored some big goals and um, has kind of been like the offensive leader for Tampa. So it's a pretty obvious choice. Just take the highest offensive player on the team that I think will win. Um, I guess my one B guess would be, 
I think Vegas has a chance to pull through too. And and if I had to pick there, you know, Mark Stone's had a great series, but also Flurry. You know, he's actually, I think they said he's never been in like the Vesna finalists. So he's kind of flown a bit under the radar throughout his career. But him winning a Stanley Cup this late in the year, I feel like they'd give him, you know, the the Smythe as well if they were to win. So those are my, those are my two picks. How about you, Ricky? From each team or from two teams? Yeah, just 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 one. I cheated a bit there. You can yeah. Matt just said half the guys in the playoffs. So <laughs> like Montreal, like I'm going Price followed by closely by Corey Perry. Um, and what, for injuring Tavares, he's gonna get Con Smythe or what? Well, yeah, they won. That's why they won that series, right? And then he had a couple big goals against Winnipeg. They move on there, and he's just getting everyone going. He's he's drawing penalties. He's doing a good job. Um, and I, the Islanders are. Did you pick them from the Islanders, Matt? Sorry. No, I don't think they're gonna win. So. Oh, okay, but like the Islanders, who who do you pick? Like they're one of those teams that doesn't have anybody who's so dominant. Like even the goalie's been good, but like has he been amazing to win the Conn Smythe? Like they've been playing both goalies, right? So it's like it would be a weird team to pick a winner from because they don't really have a clear one defenseman, I don't think. And then like you're maybe Brock Nelson. Like I think he is like twelve points right now, so. That would be the toughest one to choose from if they ended up winning it all. Yeah, I think, I mean, watching them, to me, I'd give it to Barzell. He just, like, kind of carries their offense. Like, he the puck's always on his stick. He's he's skating laps around the other team. He's such a good skater. So that's who I'd probably go if the Islanders ever squeaked it out, but I don't see that happening. Uh, I'm going to throw – I'm going to agree with Matt. I think Fleury, um, one, I think just kind of everyone would want to give it to him because he's been through quite a bit the last few years. And uh, – you know, get like getting kicked out of Pittsburgh almost, and then being the backup last year and all that. I think in just the playoffs he's had, that if it ended now and Vegas won, I could see Flurry getting it. But. Yeah, I like that Braden Point pick too, Matt. Braden Point is disgusting at hockey. Like when you watch him play, he is so much better than you'd like think he would be, I guess, based on his regular season points. But like he knows how to turn it on. Oh, he loves big games. Loves them. Yeah. It's wild he went in, like, what, the fourth round or something? They got Cooch in the fifth round. Like, that scouting department deserves a raise for sure. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Buddy, Stevie Y built a dynasty there. And then he just went, nope, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go do the same thing in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun episode. Uh, before we go, Ricky, why don't you give a little little synopsis of uh, the pod that you and Durko have together? Oh, I appreciate that a lot, Jay. So me and my friend Kevin, he's also my roommate and my landlord. Um, we have a podcast. It's uh, it's not like other podcasts where it's like just two kind of college dudes who just talk about nothing. Like it's me and Kevin. So it's not that bad to listen to. I don't think um, it's growing. You can follow it on Instagram, nothing of substance pod. And uh, just try it. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. But you won't know till you listen. So thanks for listening. Yeah, I can I can speak firsthand. Um, if you want something that just you know makes you laugh, you don't have to think too much about it. Nothing of substance is definitely the pod for you. Um, it really is up, lives up to its name. They really talk about nothing of substance. So exactly, exactly. I would always listen to podcasts, and they were like really niche. So I was like, I just want to like listen to like guys talking about random things, and then that's just like whatever happens, happens. So instead, I had to just create it. Yeah, so go check them out again. Follow them on Nothing of Substance Pod. At, that's on Instagram, right? Um, yes, that is. Yeah. yeah, and you know, while you're there, go follow us as Standing Room Only Pod. Haha, <laughs> very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'd appreciate it. But Ricky, I I think I can speak for both Matt and I. It was 
a pleasure having you on, even though, you know, we had to talk a lot of Habs this time. Usually we talk a lot of Leafs, but we had to talk a lot of Habs this time. But it was really fun having you on. You going to talk about their handicaps now? Oh. Still too early. Don't get don't get us started. The wound's not healed <laughs> yet. Thanks for having me on a lot, fellas. Uh, this was fun. Appreciate it, Matt. Appreciate it, Jay. Um, maybe sometime again in the future. Who knows? We'll see the feedback. Well, I mean, I think we got to have the number one enemy of the pod on a couple more times. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep listening and keep sending you hateful feedback. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt, anything else before we uh, head out? No, I'm good, Jay. Awesome. Well, everyone, have a good week. Enjoy round three of the playoffs. And uh, we'll come back to you probably before the Stanley Cup Finals. So, uh, Ricky, thanks again. Let's go Habs. Let's go Habs.